Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by co-host of the podcast, Brett Nicholson. That's right. And fresh back from vacation, yeah. looking all rested yeah. and completely lost. I took a couple days off too, Brett. Else. Oh, that's right. You yeah. did it, didn't you? Yep. Okay. So we're both all... Just about three, though. Really it, was, it was good. Three. I took seven. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's right. That can happen to you once you're, you know, get enough seniority. What do you do? Okay, so I got a few more years. <laughs> that's where that comes what, from. Yeah. What, what did you do on Nothing. vacation? I, I really didn't do much of anything. I, we, we stayed around the house, and uh, but it was it was kind of the staycation thing, which is good in some ways, but mm-hmm. in other ways. I did, I mean, all the main thing I did, I got was given advice years ago, and it was the best advice I'd ever received. Vacation is in your mind. Just don't think about your work. That was the main thing I did. So I did very little of that. I thought about it a little bit, but I tried to get that out of my head, so... Cool. Now I'm thinking about it again. Did you do that too? Did you get it out of your head? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I was. I enjoyed it. Then. I hung out with my dad one day. We did our annual shopping day. We do once a year, and went to Nashville one day for the day. And other than that, just kind of stayed home. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. Good deal. Um, but today we we have some guests. We have the most guests we've ever had on the podcast at one time, which is exciting. Uh, but this is part of the team that recently went to uh, Belgrade, Serbia, uh, on a trip from um, with One Life and Uncharted. And so um, I want to go ahead and introduce these here. So we have Emily Lettrell. Hello, Emily. Emily is on staff at Uncharted and Unsettled Collective. Yes, I'm the content manager of Uncharted. Nice. The it's what again? Concept? Content manager. Content. I, I heard concept. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, I can manage the concept. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll make that in mind. I feel like you should have known that, Brett. Content though. Like, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was lost. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's just getting yeah, back. Yeah, I'm um, boarding here. We have Josh Stanley here. Josh is. Josh, tell us who you are. Uh, yeah, I'm the Groups and Connections Director at the Henderson Campus, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And Anne Grease is joining us as well. Nice to be here. Yay. And thanks for joining us, guys. This is part of the team that recently went. There were a few other people um, that went on the trip as well. But we just want to take some time today and just talk about your experience, um, what it was like going um, on this trip, kind of what your expectations were, um, and and just kind of some more information as people are thinking about for the future as we plan more uh, church planning trips, because that is part of our, our vision here at One Life Church is being a church planning organization devoted to changing the secular worldview of the next generation. And so part of that is local and global. So and this is part of the global side. So I think the first thing is, can someone tell me where is Serbia? Just like part of the we got to find this out. Like, Eastern Europe. Okay. Basically. Okay. Eastern is it Europe. close to something else? Like, like how, when you're flying there, you guys went from where? We flew into Paris okay. and then into Belgrade. Okay. Yeah. Serbia borders Croatia. Um, and I'm not sure what else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not too far from Poland. Okay. And yeah. Czech Republic, that okay. area of the world. All right. Josh got something. Well, yeah, it was it was really interesting because I knew nothing about Serbia leading up to this trip, and I did a lot of studying and just reading about uh-huh. it, kind of getting ready, and um and and kind of learned some of the history of that area, the whole Balkan Peninsula area, and it's like former Yugoslavia and all that. There's a ton of a ton of different nationalities kind of right there, all on top of one another, um, and it, so it was really interesting. But yeah, it's it's kind of a it's it's, it's very different. Um, or the world like Croatia and I think Bulgaria and Bosnia and all of that kind of right in there. Okay. So it's, it's very different. Cool though. It's a, it's a big combo of like uh, Eastern and Western. You have Western Europe and Eastern Europe and you can feel those influences when you're right. there. Plus it's got a heck of a history too, you know, to mention the, the civil war and all those things, but the, the, uh, it's contribution to world war one and all the, it, so it's, uh, if you get into European history, it's pretty significant right, in right. a lot of ways. So, um, and you had never been overseas, correct? Right. I just, I'd, I've never been off of North America. Oh, okay. uh, I'd, I'd had one little international thing at, on Kelsey and I's honeymoon. Other than that, I'd never left 
And what know, was the international thing? The it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a cruise. And cruise. So we okay. went to like uh, <laughs> your, the Caribbean islands and Mexico. And okay, that was the time it. outside. So, yeah, so so part of this is is also getting and you'll you'll be kind of the representative of people that may be listening. That we are going to be in 2020. I'll warn everybody at our church and anybody that's interested. We will be emphasizing the trip side of life. Uh, we feel more um, prepared for that now, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's coming up. And you'll be the representative <laughs> of the people that have never done this before. Yeah, I can do that. And you talk it up. That's mm-hmm. right. And we'll edit it out if you talk bad about it. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I think one of the things that we want to kind of start out with before we get into just the essence of your trip itself, but, um, and I, Brett can, can speak to this, but I want to ask Emily first, uh, because I actually asked Michael, Karen, who couldn't be on the podcast today, I'm like, who would be the best person to answer this question? He said, oh, Emily, for sure. He volunteered me and then he's not here. Right. That's fun how that works. But no, as we talk about Belgrade and Serbia, um, why? Like, what is the why behind that? When we're talking about church planning, if someone says, well, why are we going there? Or what's the reason for church planning there? What would be something that either one of you would say? Yeah, well, f- well, first, it w- it's been a very long and thoughtful and prayerful process. Um, just feeling called to explore new communities and, and work in other parts of the world. Um, there's a lot of following the lead of the Holy Spirit in terms of, of guidance. And the Balkan area was one of the places that um, the board and staff of Uncharted, even before I was on staff, felt kind of called to amongst other places. Um, and then just throughout um, different sort of exploratory trips with different teams going and, and meeting people, making connections, um, God just lined up a whole lot of stuff and put the right people in the right places. Um, and we've formed sort of relationships with the pastors um, that we work with there now. Um, and so part of the reason why we're in Belgrade is because, you know, these people are here and we're friends and we have relationships and, and they're church planners as well. And we want to be a part of their ministry with them. Um, but the cool thing is the, the more we go, this is my first time to Belgrade. Um, and then Jeff and Michael, who were on the trip, had been before. Um, but the more time we're able to spend with the people there, the more we learn about the culture mm. and the history and kind of understanding um, why it has been so hard for church planners and Christians to to grow and thrive there. Um, it's just a very long, heavy history of um, pain and trauma and um, being kind of beaten down and conquered, taken over, um, and then rebuilding and then just to be like destroyed again. Hmm. And so there's a very like almost a present kind of heaviness and, and sadness in a way a lot of their art and culture um, and music is about all these tragedies that they've had. Um, and so it is a very like community focused and relationally focused place, but at the same time, it's really hard to break in um, to, to people's lives. They're so segmented and um, insulated a little bit in their own world. It's a very secular minded place. Um, and then the the Orthodox Church kind of is just this huge presence, um, and it's more of a national identity than any sort of religion. The is it was pretty funny because the the Serbians, um, so like our friends who were there were kind of telling us about these traditions, and then someone would say like, "Oh, well, that holiday, like that's actually it comes from the church, and it means this, and <laughs> here are all these things, the traditions you do, this is the meaning." And they're like, "Oh, I didn't know that. Like <laughs> that's just what we did at like on these different uh, holidays." Um, and so there are just a lot of different factors that kind of make it a very difficult place for ministry. Um, even though it's in like, it's Europe, it's not a developing country. It's, it's more of a post, post-Christian culture. Um, 
but that just means the challenges are different than what we've been used to in the other communities we're in. Yeah. Yeah, as you go back, um, their history is longer than uh, nearly any place in the world, uh, just on the Christian side of life. They're Eastern Orthodox, so they trace their history. They trace their history all the way back to the New Testament is the way they would say it. Is that that, And so they're very used to the Christian message, but they're so used to it that it's just become this thing where it's part of the background of the culture. But yeah, they are very post-Christian. And, and Uncharted, what people need to understand about uh, Uncharted was established to reach unreached places. That was kind of the goal. And when the new uh, director came in, uh, Ben Stewart, came in, we used to talk in terms of 1040 windows, some people who are um, familiar with missions talk uh, that used to represent kind of the most unreached places. He kind of brought us another grid that was a little bit more up to date than that. And so as far as unreached places, we kind of, it had a different, we had different um, criteria uh, that we started looking at, and that's where Belgrade and some other places like that, Oman, places like that started rising to the surface, and so we did some uh, searching out, and this one came, and we also wanted to open up different places. You've got, like, some of the harder-to-reach places that not a lot of people can go. The upside is, is that um, we wanted places that had a little bit easier access for just people, like Josh, who went, uh, they can go for the first time, and it's not exactly third world or maybe even dangerous or something like that, but still was very, very unreached. So it kind of met that criteria as well. That's awesome. And I, I think that's something to keep um, being able to, for more people to be able to communicate that, you know, because I think that's the question as you think about, you know, where you're going someplace, people want to know why and what the work they're doing. So Josh, I want to start with you and just kind of give us a little bit of, of um, kind of your expectation of what you work and your mind expecting going over and, and what the whole experience was like. Yeah. So that's it's a heavy question. That's kind of a tough question because honestly, I had no idea what to expect. Not only was it my first uh, kind of international trip like this, but it was my first missions trip of this nature. I mean, I, I'd done the you know the whole domestic mission trip thing when I was in youth group and and, and some of those things, but this was the first like major scale missions trip I'd been on uh, all the way on the other side of the world. And the way everything kind of came together, it was it was sort of an expedited trip. Michael and I had talked about it. And then, you know, I talked to my wife about it and then I, I, I guess it, it wasn't going to materialize at first and then it did. And I just felt like I really felt like God was calling me to take part in this. And so it all happened kind of quickly. And the whole time I was like, I don't know what to expect here. And so as we kind of prepared for the trip and we had, you know, our pre-trip meetings and different things like that, and I was just trying to figure out like, what, what am I going to experience? I, I, I didn't know. Um, but then when I got there, um, it's still hard kind of to articulate, but, um, I really understood like, okay, I was, I've really felt like God was calling me to do this and to be a part of this. And when I was there, I was like, I, I made the right decision because there was a lot of, um, a lot of things I experienced there that I really didn't know. Uh, about, uh, or, or I, I'd never really experienced in that way before. Uh, I shared a story as the service leader yesterday, um, at, in Henderson, uh, it was really interesting to see it was to be in this totally foreign place where, um, you know, they spoke another language, they did things differently. Everything was different than what I'm used to. But then when I had experiences, like we spent Sunday morning worshiping with center church and I didn't know what they were saying. 
or <laughs> I couldn't um, I couldn't sing along except for I, I kind of knew that it was a song that was on Christian radio in the 90s um, but <laughs> I, amazing but it it was just it became very clear at that point like okay like yes we're very different but we're doing the same thing um, we're we're experiencing the same thing we're worshiping the same Jesus and it was just this really cool experience for me and so going over I, my expectation was, I hope I can be helpful. I heard at the front side, like there's going to be creative elements. I don't consider myself that creative. And so I was like, I'm just going to do what I can to help and, um, and just be a part of it. And, but when I was there, I really felt like, you know, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And I don't even know how I'm going to leverage the experience, um, the most effectively just yet, but it's, it's something that's been really, um, prevalent in my, in my thinking and my prayer and, and everything since I got back. So, um, it's just been a really cool experience overall. I don't and, know if that totally answers your question, but and people need to know that Josh lost his cell phone while he was there, but <laughs> in a taxi, in a taxi. But the good news is he now has it back. Yeah, did no you know this, Brett? Like once you, I, I didn't notice he lost back. it. So. Yeah, he, he I got lost my it. phone back from Serbia last night. Oh, you're kidding. Really? It was gone. <laughs> Thank it was you, Georgie. <laughs> Thank you, Georgie. Yes. Wow. Okay. It so. was gone for a month. I didn't receive a phone call or text message for a month. I could only use like my like goodness. iMessage and GroupMe and yeah, different yeah. things like that. What one one reason I guess technically that Serbia could have been in the front of my mind the entire <laughs> month is because every time I looked at my watch, I knew what time it was in Serbia. <laughs> because it hadn't That's updated it until I got my phone okay. back. But, but yeah, it uh, yeah. Just got back. That's interesting. Um, and so talk about some of the things that, that you guys were able to be a part of and do and see and connect people you were connected with. We saw so many wonderful things and so many discouraging things at the same time. Um, we prayer walked one day down by the river and we saw some refugees actually washing in the river mm. and they had their clothes hanging on bushes to oh, dry. Yes. Uh, and it was 50 degrees that day. Oh, dear. So many of them have come and into Serbia to seek refuge from where they were. And some of them are living in refugee camps. Uh, some of them are living on the streets. Uh, but we met some, some wonderful families that had come and were part of the church where we were visiting. And uh, I, I got the privilege of holding a little, little one, little Melissa. She was about four months old and just so sweet and I didn't think her parents spoke English because they didn't say a word. I made sure I stayed in within their vision sure. so they could see okay, I wasn't yeah, going to yeah. kidnap really. their baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so after about an hour, uh, I sat down with them, and the father started talking to me. He spoke pretty good broken English, <laughs> and oh, we were right? able okay. to communicate. Yeah. But yeah. I guess he was just shy and holding back. Not, I'm sure these people don't trust a lot of people right away. You know, That sure. would be yeah. normal in their situation. But just such sweet, wonderful people, and you just hope that they can find some permanent way right. to make a living again. So is this an impromptu thing then? You said you went on a prayer walk, and then you were just walking down by the river, and you uh, saw some people who were bathing in the river. Yes. And did you just go up to them and say... No, we didn't go up to them. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But Would you? We, we were kind of prayer walking that day anyway. Was, we, had, okay. we had gone to past a, a German concentration camp right. that had been there uh, from the war, about 100,000 Serbians had been rounded up, and 50,000 of them were killed. Oh, my wow. gosh. And there was a big memorial down by the river for those who had been killed, and that's where these refugees were. They were down in that area of the river. Um, just 
in their t-shirts. And the so river. did the whole team interact with the, with that group or? In the, we didn't what? interact with the ones by the river, but we oh, were I able see. to okay. meet some okay. later okay. at the church. I see. Okay. That, so the church is, the church is helping. Yeah. They're reaching okay. out to the refugees. And, and, and mm-hmm. that's becoming more of a thing in the, in that country right now at this point. Well, there, there were a lot more earlier and they seem to not be trickling in quite as fast as they were in the past, but okay. in, because in the past, this church also set up some uh, programs and projects for the refugees specifically. Gotcha. Um, I'm just trying to remember what, do you remember what they uh, bought for the refugees? It was some kind of generator or something to help them with showers, I mean, hot showers and gotcha. uh, in the refugee camps. Wow. And Emily, um, and we've talked about the church that you guys uh, got to connect with. Can you talk to us a little bit about just the people you got to interact with and what the things, um, the things that maybe you guys were able to either be a part of or help with or just be a part of conversations? Yeah, um, it it was great because I think everyone in our team felt this. But as soon as we kind of uh, met up with all the people we'd be working with, it was just like instantly we were all like close friends, family almost. Um, and it, it was really special and really rare for ministry <laughs> to happen like that. Um, but one of the really cool things that we got to do, um, was, uh, LifeGate Belgrade put on a like creative art and media event for people in their community and people in their church, because Belgrade, um, is a very artistic community, which <laughs> I guess I just didn't know. Um, pretty much everyone we met was like, oh, I'm also an artist or I'm an actor or I'm a musician or a designer. <laughs> Um, and they're all trying to make it work with their day jobs. And, um, so this church recognizes that they have a lot of creative people in their, in their congregation. And also, um, the, the circles of influence that their congregation has amongst their peers. So they want to do a lot of stuff with art and music. Um, and what we got to do was kind of, uh, participate in sort of a workshop kind of thing Mm -hmm. where, a couple of us gave sort of presentations on different things we do. Rachel, uh, who one is an amazing photographer, she got to show some of her portraits and talk about um, how she got into that and why she loves doing that. Michael talked about um, working creatively under like boundaries and limitations. Um, but we also kind of joined with other Serbians from the church who presented some of their work. So there was another photographer, oh, a cool. videographer, um, an artist. And um, that was really cool just to, during the breaks and, and during some of the sessions, just sit around and hang out um, and be able to connect instantly, for me at least, um, with some of the people just based on like, we we both are into media or we both do video editing. So like we can just sit down and talk about like stuff that is exciting or frustrating or cool. And um, like, what are you doing with this? And oh, this is what I found works for me. <laughs> Something um, to connect uh, on immediately. I mean, if you guys are doing yeah. similar things, it's easy to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was just kind of another way of like, um, oh yeah, like this whole community kind of, uh, for me and probably for most of us on the team felt very like connected and it was like, these are our friends and these are people we have relationships with and we can just like sit down and immediately find things that we have in common, like despite very different, um, cultures and upbringings and living on different parts of the world. It's like, oh, we can complain about Instagram though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Yeah. See, people didn't know that was a part of global 
right. missions. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's how you can connect. So how does it, you said there's a lot of artists. There's, does that mean there's kind of like, a, I've been to Belgrade, but I didn't, know, I didn't notice a lot of coffee shops. That was one of my memories. But is it there's art galleries everywhere or, or houses where, you know, or theaters that where a lot of plays are going on? Is it pretty much for the country itself or is everybody posting YouTube videos or is it a little bit of everything? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything. There's, like graffiti everywhere (laughs) and um, there are lots of people selling art on the street. Um, But I think, I think there are a lot of artists, but there are a lot of frustrated artists. Um, One, one of the things Michael asked in his session was um, so like as, as a creative, what is the thing? What's the one thing holding you guys back? And someone answered immediately, Oh, we live in Serbia. (laughs) Like that's, that's, that's what it is. Well, I should send people from the tri-state to kind of sympathize. It's I know that's the, there. We have a lot in common. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's what you hear from them. We took a little trip up to Nova Sad, which was north of Belgrade, right. and there's an old fort there. And the government had actually given studio space at the <laughs> bottom of this fort. There were studios all along that they had given to artists to be able to produce their artwork. And one of the pastor's dads was one of the artists and had had this studio for thirty years, rent free. Oh my goodness. Uh, the government really? really does try to support the artists in some ways. Wow. Huh. So there's a lot of art going on, but they're frustrated that there's they're not being able to yeah. speak to the outside world. Yeah. I mean, again, really similar to here. Everybody is like, oh, I'm an actor, but I have to work my day right. job at the at whatever this office. Is it mainly film that's uh, or is it theater both? Or there was a lot it, of theater. There is a lot, theater. a lot of actors, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we it seemed like in different conversations, I, I heard a lot of people mention they had something, you know, going on with their acting club or, or you know, like different drama. And, and right. that was pretty prevalent. Um, but then another thing we noticed at our creative workshop, which, by the way, was way out of my element. <laughs> right. But the 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 creatives from Serbia that we had partnered with, they really loved that opportunity to kind of have a platform for their art. Um, because, you know, we kind of have it seems like. Oh, it, it seems like we can throw our stuff out a lot more here, but they're looking for that. They were looking for um, a, a way to showcase some of what right. they'd created. And it was really cool to see that um, a photographer and a videographer um, that were local there, like kind of showed off some of their uh, showed off some of their artwork. And that was a really cool experience, too. Yeah. When you guys walk in to Belgrade, you're, you're in um, just the city like. What does that feel like? What's the feeling of the city? I mean, does it feel like you're in a totally different place? Does it feel something somewhat familiar? Um, it felt a little gray okay. to me. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Just um, kind of drab in some ways. Um, I guess it was a lot of smog, for one thing. They mm. do have a terrible smog problem really? there. Of course, everyone smokes, and that doesn't help at all. But um I don't know. You you just the people work very hard and they don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work very long hours, very long days, um, and they're always rushing to get here and there. Um, lots of mass transportation. People, right. you know, crowding in and going to work. And so it doesn't so feel so like you're in a. Um, I mean, obviously in a different country, so it feels different. But I mean, there's transportation. There's um, you know, you're staying in a. Um, a place that feels familiar. I mean, uh, to the extent, I mean, the way the places you're going and people, uh, I guess that's what I'm trying to, to pull out a little bit of like, it just feels like another area that you're like, wow, this is an unchurched space, but it feels a little bit familiar that you can connect to that. Right. I mean, we could definitely connect with the people as Emily was saying, we really did. All of us did on different levels with the different people. Um, I know one of the, the pastor's mother-in-law's 
was serving refreshments at the church, you know, mm -hmm. before when we were up in Novosad. And she and I just, I mean, she didn't speak English and I didn't speak Serbian, but somehow we managed to <laughs> talk to one another. <laughs> and she gave me her secret family recipe for oh, these little wow. goodies. Yeah, that somehow she made. indeed. How did you even know that's what you were getting? <laughs> we found sure. us, we found somebody to interpret <laughs> that. Uh, okay, cool. yeah, that's a good good plan. But, uh, now, now, Emily, you mentioned kind of an undercurrent of I don't know if the word you used was sadness, but there was sort of a, a disappointment or a lot of tragedy is going on, you know, the, in the history. How did you pick up on that? Is that more than just history? Or oh was no, they told us. <laughs> okay. How do they express that? Do they say? Um, uh, well, I think the one of the days we went on a prayer walk with George and um, our friend Angela, um, who's a college student and um, kind of operating as a translator for a lot of the time. Um, but we just kind of went out, went out on the city and any any kind of landmark or or building or painting like or statue was like, oh, this is commemorating uh, a tragedy. This painting is when like the troops came through Belgrade and they all died of starvation. Like this is this national song is like all about this tragedy. And one thing George A. said was like, yeah, we really like to celebrate our suffering here. <laughs> like, oh, wow. like kind of, kind of yeah. tongue in cheek, but like, right, it's, yeah. it's true. We think, we yeah. Think might as well. Uh, Cause that's right. what's happened. Okay. Yeah, that, that phrase kind of stuck with me too. celebrate our suffering. And, and that's something that they, they kind of own that. Like you see buildings there that are, are still around from, from previous wars and bombings and different things, just damage. And I, it may have been George a or, or someone else that said, that, you know, in America, if something like that happens, you want to immediately rebuild it. You want to get rid of it, rebuild it. You want it to be new. But right. there, they, they want to celebrate that. That's part of who they are, part of their history, part of their culture. And, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to sweep that away. They right. want it to be part of who they are. Now, what, what's their... Um What's their read on Americans is, I mean, you connected, but I mean, we are rebuild it, you know, cheery Disney type people. So, I mean, is that, did that come out or do they? Well, we wondered at first, you know, would we be accepted because of the NATO bombing that wasn't that long ago, but oh, well. the, the people were really open to us right. and didn't really bring that up too much, except I remember uh, one of the people that we met, Lockie, up in uh, Novosad said his grandfather had been through eight wars on their on their land. Wow, I mean eight. in their in their country there. Eight wars, eight right. different wars in right. his lifetime. So that's about all they've known. And it seems like now they finally might have a chance to live in peace for a while and maybe get their economy going. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Angela and the other younger people we met were were pretty optimistic. Um, like they really loved Serbia and there's a lot of pride um even even in the midst of knowing that like uh everyone kind of wants to leave and the economy's not great but there's kind of a drive to to become great and and part of that I think is um the the last war was probably when um these people were babies or if they were born and so they would kind of have this whole new like drive to like do things and create things um and so it's, it's interesting comparison of like just two different mindsets, which is mm -hmm. probably like normal generational differences anyway. Right. The, when we talk about um, churches there, I mean, what's the, um, for people who aren't a part of that, like what's kind of the, how are, how are churches that you guys were to be able to connect with, how are they seen by the culture, by the community? Yeah, that's kind of a tough one. It's so one of the things, that Angela said um, was that within your kind of sphere of influence, your friends, your peers, 
like you carry a lot of influence and um and I think right now they're at this stage where the the churches that we partnered with were kind of these smaller um sub categories of of people right now um but the the whole like undercurrent of sadness or 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 whatever I think like Emily said is like the the this next generation is trying to kind of um kind of bring them out of that or, or at least they feel you know motivated to do so and and it was cool to see like you know they they carry a lot of influence among their peers um and one of the uh people that we met in uh, from the refugee camp she said that one of the things that people notice based on when they had kind of gotten connected and met Jesus is hope mm-hmm. there's a hope that they didn't have before right. now they do and that that this is our explanation for that and so like as like the outward culture or the i guess the outside culture outside of the the churches that we partnered with um i don't know you know how they even see like lifegate or center church um i don't know how they see them but what they see in the people is that like okay these people have something that that we don't quite have. And, and as they start to identify that, I think that's when, you know, there'll be a little more traction. And I think it's really an exciting thing to see that on the very front side of it. Mm. So it's not like an instant negative, like there's a bunch of pushback, like that's not something that like, they're not afraid to be having these, um, churches. I mean, that's not a, no, I, they, they did say several times that like, oh, people will just think we're a cult. Like if we were out doing a prayer walk and we would stop and pray and they're like, okay, well, don't bow your head or close your eyes because people are going to walk by and think we're in a cult. Um, Because Yeah, and it's because the Serbian Orthodox Church is so um, just, it's everywhere. And that's what people think religion is. And it's, you go on Christmas and you you do these things and then you're done. And it's kind of like a personal relationship with Jesus. It doesn't exist. and so I think that's kind of, that's one of the things that makes it hard for Center Church and for LifeGate is everybody, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird. It's kind of intense. Like I go, I go to church with my grandma on Easter. We do the things mm-hmm. like I'm done. That's it. Yeah. I, so that made me think of something else. Um, I don't think that like you asked if there's a lot of pushback and I don't think there's this like major aversion to to the Protestant churches mm-hmm. like LifeGate and Center Center Church, but um, one of one of the people that we interacted with did say that their family identity is pretty tied to that orthodoxy, um, and so if they join an or, or, a, or a Protestant church, then it, it kind of is like stepping out of the family at, mm-hmm. to some degree, and and so there's a little tension there more in like the family units than in the you know just the culture at large, but. Um, it may have even been Angela as well that said, you know, when you when you kind of step out of what's just nationalistic in this Serbian Orthodoxy culture, it's kind of a you know you're you're kind of stepping out on something that you've grown up in, and your whole family is just you know it's been part of part of who you all are. Sure. Yeah, it's very similar to Muslim culture because it's been there for so long, and it's so much a part of the fabric all the way down to the calendar and the the clothing and everything else. Uh, to leave that or to do something else is not only you know, like you said, it's like it's leaving your family, but it's in some ways it feels like leaving your nationality in a way. And a lot of us don't understand that kind of sitting because we're so individualistic here in the United States, you can kind of do your own thing and, and it's okay. It doesn't really break much, but in a place like that, it's, there's a lot more at stake for people in their minds. That's the challenge of it. 
another obstacle is because they do say they belong to the Orthodox Church, they don't see the need for mm. any other kind of church because, right. after all, they belong to the Orthodox Church, mm. yeah. and that's all the church they think they need, even though they only go once a year or maybe not at all, right. or maybe on a special saint day. Yeah, but they belong, but and they so belong. that's, that's so, good enough. Yeah, that's so they, good. they really yeah. kind of put up a wall. I don't need to. I don't need to hear anymore. I belong to a church. Yeah, and really down deep on a technical level, it's uh, it, you know the Orthodox Church is not a bad thing. It's just it's so immersed in the culture there because you dig into their doctrines and all that kind of thing. It's it's very mm-hmm. much about Christ. It's where it came from, but. It's just like, and we have this in the United States too. I mean, if someone who is raised Baptist or whatever and has always been a Baptist and they're just used to being a Baptist, they may not even think that much about what it means to be one. Uh, they'll just do something, uh, they just kind of go along with it and it becomes a part of their tradition and their family. And that's the danger yeah. uh, that keeps you from a personal relationship. Um, and as we, we kind of wrap up, I want to give you guys each kind of just an opportunity to share maybe either something that you'll just continually remember something that kind of still sticks in your mind as you think about the trip um, or something that you would tell someone um, who's thinking about going on one of the upcoming trips because we have some students that have an opportunity to go early um, next year, which is very exciting. Um, we have uh, some leaders that are going to be taking them and then also another uh, trip, hopefully the, sometime next year as well, which we'll have dates on that soon. But anything that you just this kind of sticks out in your mind that like, I'm just really glad that I got to experience this or see this or anything that you'd tell someone who's thinking about it. You can take some time. I can cut out this time here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I really enjoyed was being able to worship with people of other cultures. And I've been privileged to be able to do that in many different countries. And it's just so awesome to know that you're part of the body of Christ Mm. worldwide. And and that was truly fantastic. And on a little practical note, the food was fabulous. Oh, (laughs) yes. That's great. A lot of meat, right. You get a meat tray every time they bring anything out. If you like meat, that's the place to be. That's That's uh, good to know. That's good. And I I have to echo that. like when you do travel and you go to places, you have to remember CNN and Fox or no news network is going to show you what God's doing around the world. But when you go and see it, you go, oh, wow, there are things happening everywhere. And uh, that global sense, even though there's a lot of unreach there, there's there's things happening literally all over the world. And that's very encouraging to your faith. Hmm. That's good, Brett. Hey, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for right, coming along here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that vacation, did you seem good? Uh, you know, yeah. you got all kinds of wisdom in there just pouring out. <laughs> This is great. No, it's good. Emily, Josh, either one of you guys? Josh. <laughs> yeah. So I've been talking to some of my team and, and, and my wife and, and several people about this. I, I kind of process things slowly. I don't know. That's just kind of who I am. And and I'm still processing some of, mm-hmm. of what I experienced in Belgrade. But I think something that's really stuck with me is that, yes, we're very different. Um the food is probably better, I think. Than, <laughs> but we're very different. Language is different. There's a lot of cultural differences, but there's a whole lot of things that are really similar too. It wasn't like I had stepped into a you know like another universe where mm-hmm. I didn't understand anything. Like I could identify with these people, and it just seemed like the whole concept of post-Christian and like yeah, we get that Christian thing. It's there. I know what that is, but it's just like they feel beyond it or I don't know. It's something that stuck with me and, and it's something that like you can see pieces of it in our culture here in the tri-state today and, and other parts of the United States. And, um, I think something that I just love about, uh, you know, what we get to do at one life and, and as I've been, uh, you know, on full-time staff for less than a year now, well, you know, it's been really exciting to be a part of some of that journey. And, and I think 
a relationship with people like we met in Belgrade feels very much like, you know, this whole idea of, of the secular minded, um, in this post-Christian culture in Belgrade and, and in Serbia, just the other areas we were, um, it, it feels like something that like, I really, I'm, I'm stumbling on my words now. Like I said, I'm still processing a lot of this and it's difficult to articulate, but I think just being a part of, um, what it looks like to, to invest in a post-Christian or a, a secular minded, um, next generation is just really cool. And it's something that I've thought about probably every day since I got back. Mm. Um, and, and it's just something that like, I like the idea of being able to be a part of something like that, like what George is doing, like what Donko's doing. And, and they're doing things contextualized to Serbia, but they're doing the same things as we're doing. They're looking to invest in those around them and bring them the hope of, of Jesus that, that we have. Um, and it's just really cool, you know, to be a part of that. Yeah, excellent. And when you fully process it, I mean, we'll have you back. Yeah, yeah it, 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 download all those exactly. Things. It's a slow process. Josh's but, process, and yeah. I think that you said this earlier, and I, I want to push back a little bit. You say you're not a creative. I think you definitely are because one, the way you process stuff is part of being a creative. The way you connect to people is part of being creative, and you're really good at that. So. I wouldn't count yourself short there, Josh. Well, thank I you, thought Sarah. the pushback was going to be negative. I got a little nervous. No. Like, wow, it's coming. This is about to get... I wouldn't <laughs> fight Josh. You know what, man? I'm scared. Wow, that's what I was thinking. Emily, anything that you did? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like Josh, where I'm like a slow processor, and I don't I don't know if I can articulate um, my like feelings about it very well, but I think the, the main thing that I have taken away from the trip thus far is how... Um, missions is really just about relationship building. Um, and what we do in Belgrade is what we do in Myanmar, which is what we do in Central Asia. And it's just like going and, and meeting people you didn't know where you like your brothers and your sisters and seeing the work that they're doing and being excited by it and encouraged by it and, and seeing like, well, like I love you and I'm going to help you now. And like, I'm going to do what I, what I can. I have, um, the resources God's given me, whether it's time or, or whatever. Um, and like, I believe in this, so I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, I think a lot of people kind of can wait and feel like maybe called to a specific place or, or think, um, that you have to have to be really, um, invested in somewhere or a mission or an idea before you are involved in it. Um, and I would just say like, I think that's how you find, what you get excited about. I think you just take, um, steps of faith and then God will, will provide the opportunities, um, for you to get involved. Um, so the, the thing that was the most meaningful for me was just like the times we're sitting around a coffee shop and, um, you know, Donko's talking about the groups he wants to start at his church or, or Lockie's talking about like his life growing up in, in Novi Sad or what, what it's like to live there. Um, and just feeling like, oh, like, okay, I get it. Like these are like my friends and I just want to like do what I can to, to be with them with kind of like what Josh was saying is like, we're all doing the same thing. Um, and even to the point of like, we're all like at one life, we're trying to grow groups and do stuff, which is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> um, and so I think like it's, it's more about just, just going and seeing, um, what, what is happening in the world. <laughs> um, uh, and, and trusting that like God is going to do, like God's going to give you something for your hands to do. Um, and you may not know what it is before you go, but 
is going to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. And how encouraging. I can't imagine. I mean, I know what it's like when someone comes in, even our building that either works at another church or a non nonprofit, you know, and just connecting and saying, hearing some of the things that have either been struggles, because sometimes that makes you feel like, oh, it's not just us. Like other people have that. That's got to be encouraging to be able to go to another place and be able to share those as well, but also share the things like, hey, this worked well for us. Maybe you should try it. And to feel supported, that's got to be huge. So that has to, I mean, just from the conversation we've had here today, it sounds like for you guys, that was a lot of being able to just support and see and connect um, with a whole nother, um, um, a whole nother country. But really, as Ann said, it's still just the body of Christ connecting in a different place. So that's awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And um, again, here at One Life, we'll be having some more information about some upcoming trips um, throughout the rest of the year. And we'd love to, to be able to um, pass along any questions maybe you guys have for this team and we can we can get those to them and maybe get some responses back for you. So you can email us here at the podcast at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And we'd love to hear and connect with you as well. Brett? It's fun hanging out. Glad you're back. Well, I appreciate that. I, I just like in with Brett. <laughs> it's always Glad fun there. That. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. You can leave a comment on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. We'd love for you guys to share that out. Let more people hear this great content and have an opportunity to continue that conversation even further. Our music was produced by Michael Robertson and Ben Brock. My name's Sarah, and I produced this episode.